You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig and I'm the host of the podcast and this evening I'm joined by Chris. Hello Chris. Good evening. Or good morning if you're listening to this in the morning or afternoon or whenever. I like it if you just keep it to good evening because it confuses folk. So I've listened yeah. to a podcast and they've they've given the time out and it just it doesn't it's just wrong. It feels wrong if you're not listening at that time. So no. hello and welcome to the podcast at nine forty one Easter Monday. Uh, and, and you'll know it's nine forty one and not the usual nine o'clock because uh, we've been hanging about waiting to see if uh, John could get his laptop back up and running. But uh, it's decided to do updates and he's got stuck in update one, so That's he's disappeared without a trace. Because he was having problems with his, with his computer, and I don't know if uh, listeners knew that he was disappearing quite regularly. Because sometimes we would try and disguise it, Chris, and try and pretend to be professional and not reference it. But then sometimes we would. But uh, he changed his son's laptop, I think, so he's having to update it. But uh, he'll join us if he can. Yep. And Greg, Greg's too busy. It's a shame because it'd been quite good to catch up with Greg after the, the weekend action. Yes, yes, uh, a really good game. But we'll, we'll come to that a wee bit later because before we get down to football, we need to find out whether you got anything nice for Easter. Did you get any Easter eggs? Well, I got plenty of Easter eggs, I <laughs> Got a nice Galaxy Ripple one. I had like a, a couple of ripples in it and minstrels and I think it was a Galaxy bar in it as well. And Aye. of course, the standard egg. But uh, to, to me, you could get me a cream egg and I'd be happy. And I think that was probably my highlight. Was I managed to get uh, McDonald's and McFlurries, came egg McFlurries on consecutive days. So that, I mean, that was a weather for it. So, yep, I, I do like a McFlurry, but I'm normally about full after a McDonald's. See, I got I got McDonald's and just get a McFlurry. Ah, oh, well, I suppose. I... Especially, especially this time of year, because I love the cream egg ones. Highlight there was the one ones. time. You know how you get the the bog standard one? You get to choose between the chocolate the Smarties and the Crunchy. Crunchy, yep. I managed to get all three one time. Oh. Oh, what? Somebody, somebody's overload. breaking the rules. Isn't it? Yeah, so somebody's breaking the rules for you there. That's, 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 that's hot cats really good. I, got, I, I do think, I know somebody got a combination Smarties and Dairy Milk one. I don't think I, had, I know anybody got any all three, so good for you. Oh, it, was, <laughs> it was probably one of the highlights of my life. <laughs> I was that good. Right, we'll start with a wee bit of positive news, and that is the charity bet. Now, we went for a treble, and unfortunately that didn't come in, but we got Roddy McAllister scored first, and I think he scored twice. I think he scored the next goal as well. The first one was a penalty, so we that we got first scorer on him. He was 94, and that brings our total up to £312. Hey. So we broke the £300 barrier that, that Greg was keen for us to do, oh. so thanks to McBookie for helping us do that. Yep. I think that means we broke it last week and never noticed, or the week before even, because we didn't win in last week, but I don't think we noticed, so we'll definitely get through it now. So. Well, that's yes. up to 312, we've got £25. Aye. Was it £25? Oh, we've got £25 there. All right, okay, so we did just break it this week. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Excellent. Fantastic news. And thanks again to McBookie for the, the generosity they give us. That's good. That's good. But I we, we lost the the treble because aye, Morton. Aye, <laughs> I don't know what's happening to Morton. If only they'd started doing this a wee bit earlier in the season. Aye, they seem to have fixed it. 
fixed the barn door after the horses bolted. They're already down. And it yep. looks as if Cowden Beast's probably going to be stuck in the playoff alongside them. Because uh, they have four points adrift at Alwa with two games left to go. But of course, the uh, Morton beating Dundee and the fact that Hamilton and Falkirk both won the weekend has made it even tighter at the top of that division because you've got Hamilton in 64, Dundee 63, and Falkirk 62. Two points separating them with two games left. What boy fault? Ah, it's too tight to call up there, and it's a shame that we've mentioned this before that us armchair fans are not going to get a chance to, to watch them. I, know. I, I would hope Alba or somebody step in and get the, the playoffs at least. Because I know Alba showed a couple of the playoffs last season. They did. They certainly showed, they certainly showed uh, was it Alan Dunfermline? They showed the, the second leg, certainly, uh, the first leg I went to, so I, could, I couldn't mm-hmm. tell you if that was on the telly box. I think they showed both of them. So that was the, the finals, so... So that was good. I hope they do that again, especially if, especially if they can, the the way the championship was set up, because it'll be, well, it looks as if it's going to be probably Queen of the South playing one of the, the one of the teams that doesn't win the league. That are mm-hmm. challenging at the moment because Queen of the South are three ahead of Dumbarton at the moment with two to get play. So there's still a chance Dumbarton could take that sort of spot off Queen of the South, but Queen of the South's next game is at home at Livingston and they finish away to Cowden Beath. So. You would imagine Queen of South have probably got enough points to get there. But as Dumbarton, they've got Dundee in the last day of the season and they've got Hamilton this weekend. So, certainly Queen of South have got the better run on. Uh, it's, it's always interesting that the, the lower leagues finish a wee bit earlier than the, the top tier. You always get uh, two or three games extra at the, the top tier. But I no, suppose you've got the, the playoffs as well. Aye, well, I suppose the way it's set up, because the... Fourth will play third and then third will play second before they play the team that finishes second bottom in the Premiership. But they've got those extra couple of weeks to fit it in. So, plenty of time to do it. Do you know, is the final uh, a one off or is it a two legged affair no, for the, the top tier? It's a two legged affair. I was looking into that a couple of weeks ago. Oh, see, so. I know that's how they do it in the, the lower leagues. And it just it, the Aloha Dunfermline game I went to it didn't feel like a final at all. Yeah. You want it to conclude that night. You, you don't want it to carry over. It just didn't. It didn't feel the, the occasion. Just didn't feel like a final, which is a shame. I, 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 well, I've said that a few times. I, I do prefer the English playoff setup, where the it's a, a straight promotion playoff where the relegated teams don't get involved, and then they do play a, an actual final at Wembley and they make yep. a big occasion of it. I wish. I, I do wish we'd do that up here as well. There's a guy in the forum, Maverick. He's he's quite keen on introducing like a a whole day at Hamden for the, the lower league playoffs and just saying like buy your ticket and you get three games or, or maybe even just say the, the top two but you're making a, a day of it and making a spectacle of mm. it it's not a bad idea which could be good because at that time of year you start to get the better weather and sitting about in a stadium for two maybe three games does seem mm-hmm. attractive to me anyway and for a, a family day out of that weather because you, kids don't like sitting in the cold but they, they could do something there. TV yeah. I'm sure would be keen if they had a, a full day of football. Something we need to think about rather than what we've got we've got now. I think outside the box I think's a, a good approach it, to that. It's something different for what England do, so that would give us a wee bit of a unique selling point for it. Well that'd be a good idea. Yeah. You get it for the, the friendlies before the, the season starts. You get that, but I don't know if any cup finals or playoff finals that they do that. Mm. It's a quite a long day. I did that 
the start of last season, I think it was. It was a, a Partick Thistle had a, a wee tournament on the Saturday and the Sunday. They had two games. I think it was Everton's development squad were there and Celtic's development squad there alongside Partick Thistle and Airdrie. And uh, I'm sure Thistle won it, actually. But uh, it, it, was, it was quite good to watch, the, the two games back-to-back. Aye, because you could get something in between the games, something to to entertain the fans. I know the Rangers used to do the crossbar challenge at half-time, which I never got to see because I was always trying to get a pie. <laughs> but that kind of thing can be a bit of excitement. Now they just go for getting the, the kids out on the park, which is nice to see, but it's just it's not too exciting. It's not something yeah, they... you want to really watch much of. It's alright watching the kids, but it's the, the, you probably got more excitement out of the crossbar challenge or you get the 10 second challenge where you run for the halfway line and try and beat the keeper. Oh, which is 10 second. Oh, uh, that's the one where they embarrass themselves more often yep. than not. Yeah, there's some shocking misses in that. But I, I'm not sure I'm allowed to slag off people for uh, shocking misses anymore. So, <laughs> I should be fun. I, I do <laughs> like that one. I, I've seen them hitting it, uh, they're halfway. They're halfway at the goals and they hit a shot. And that, and you're just like, look, a professional is not going to score for there. Never yeah. mind somebody who scuffs it. Uh, anyway, we'll pick the the charity bet at the, the end of the podcast. I've got an idea for for scorer, which I don't think is going to surprise anybody. <laughs> right, Premiership review started yeah. off Friday night, and it was to. a thriller. As <laughs> a, a Paul Band nil nil, I didn't watch any of it. I've got to be honest. Just I heard Aberdeen fans saying, oh, the cup final would have been different had they had Paul and Hayes. Well, they had Paul and Hayes. It was still nothing each. So. Uh, but it was different. It, was, it, it didn't was look that good for the highlights. Uh, oh, I, 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 had to, I had to laugh about Bookie and Friday with that one, actually, because they were saying that the, the 0 0 triggered a, a cash back option of their, what, theirs. And I said, uh, you get your two hours back. <laughs> I never take advantage of those offers because it's normally for scorer, which is a market I tend to avoid. Apart from the charity bet, obviously. Apart from the charity (laughs) bet, aye. No, it was, it was, it wasn't good. As much as I've enjoyed a lot of Friday night games, uh, I think it's just BT Sport that I've been doing it. This just wasn't one of the better ones at all. I've I've seen nil-nils that are good games. This wasn't. (laughs) Let's just move on. Let's go. Let's go on to Saturday. Exactly. I wrote down notes, or I started writing down notes as I was watching the highlights, and I've got Hayes back. That's it. <laughs> That's as far as I got. <laughs> right, well, the, a more exciting game was Motherwell 3, Celtic 3. Yeah. Um, oh, well, I, I missed the uh, second half. I ended up oh, going out. Uh, but it was it was good from what i seen, and from what i seen in the highlights, the end was... Was pretty good. I was pretty impressed with that Motherwell managed to come back from that because going 2 0 up and then getting beat 3 2, you'd think you'd crumble, especially against a side like Celtic with the history Motherwell's got. But credit to them for coming back. But they thought it's going to it's do them well for the game coming up. I think they're going to be buoyant after that. Shows a lot of character. History that Motherwell have got. What history? Late goals against Celtic at Fur Park? <laughs> This is a bad spot in my memory for like great goals at first part. Thanks very much. <laughs> no, that, that, I mean, as much as Motherwell did well to get three goals in this game, I can't help but think Celtic gifted them. Because Celtic were all over Motherwell for most of this game. They weren't that effective in the first half, but they were far more effective in the second half. But Motherwell got their first two goals for defensive lapses for me. It was 
Effie Ambrose for the first one, it was Van Dyke for the second one. I don't think Izzy Geary was too great for the second one. Foster probably should have kept the first one out of the net as well. So we were all being 2 0 up. I was thinking it's, it's, it wouldn't be a Neil Lennon season if we didn't have one abysmal performance at Firth Park. But I mean, fair play to Celtic, they did. The, the Stokes goal, there was people debating whether he meant it or not. I think Stokes is greedy enough, he probably did. And fun enough, there no, was his a, reaction you, suggests he did, he didn't. He? He was arrogant. He was arrogant enough. I thought he meant it. So I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, and he definitely claimed the Twitter he meant it. But fun enough, it? there was a, there was, yeah, aye, there was a, a YouTube video going about over the weekend as well of Berbatov scoring from almost exactly the same position, and he quite clearly meant it. Ah, he's a type of guy that would. No, I, I think I think Stokes didn't mean it. I think the way yeah. he turned round, he was he was sheepish rather than a, a, a Cantona type celebration. I think he was See, sheepish. I, and I, I don't. Th- I'm going to have to check his tweet to see what he says here because I think he's fibbing. <laughs> he, had, he had a look in his face that said to me, I meant that. Because normally my reaction to that kind of thing, or most people's reaction to that kind of thing, is to kind of smile or laugh. <laughs> and he was just, he seemed delighted. And I'm not good kind of look in his face. So that, when that coming just before half time, certainly gave Celtic something to take into the second half. And, Samarasi's wee poacher's goal that took McManus straight out of the game was <laughs> pretty opportunistic. And then, uh, Aye, it, it was, but it was, it was a bit too easy. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, the keeper, there's nothing he could do about it because the initial shot he was going to try and cover, but then Samaras obviously poked it in the net. So. Fair enough. And then, like you say, when, when Stokes, well, someone, sorry, when Griffiths makes it 3 2 and someone gets booked for celebrating someone that what Samaras did the second goal. Although he did cup his ears to the, the Celtic support, which <laughs> I thought was what he got booked for at the time. But I'm told he was booked for leaving the field of play. So. Really? Because from Apparently. what I've seen, he hardly left the, the field of play. Aye, I, I, that was my problem as well. I, I, could, I couldn't understand how he left the field of play. Because it's not as if he jumped over an advertising board or anything. He definitely didn't. Yeah. So. It's a surprising it was, it was... one. It's a bit of a grey area, though. There isn't really anything in the rules about that, other than saying uh, leaving the, the field of play. So, it was, it was an odd booking, but it was a well-taken goal. And uh, you'd think Celtic would go on and win the game comprehensively. In fact, we missed out the penalty we missed. Well, I, I missed probably harsh. Chris yeah, Cobbins didn't quite put it right in the corner. And because he didn't put, put it right in the corner, it was just it was within the keeper's range. The keeper guessed right. It's a good save. I think it was a good save. And yeah, I, I suppose going back a wee bit further, I think it was a penalty as well. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a bit of debate from the, the commentary team. Was it Ian Crocker? But I, I, but I thought it was a penalty. I thought it, that's a definite penalty. And I know Greg's a, a big fan of Ian Vigers. He's <laughs> so, so, so sarcastically, so I say I'm, I'm disappointed he's not in here because I'd love to get his take on it. It was very clumsy from Vigers. So I think, yes, a penalty. And it was definitely more of a good save than a bad uh, penalty because I, I think if the keeper isn't on top of his game, he doesn't save that. Oh, yeah, I, I think that's where a striker's aims to put it. Yeah. I, I think that if it's any further into the corner, that's a bonus. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Yep. Yeah, I think the best penalties can't be saved, so it wasn't one of the best penalties, but it was. I, I should. It was normally good enough to score with. So I'm not going to criticise Chris Commons too much for it, although I was probably not coming across too well on Twitter at the time. Yeah. Uh, so I had a few people arguing with me about that one. It's like, yeah, I, I do mean it was. A, it was a good save more than anything else. So. Yeah. It definitely so, wasn't yeah, as good as Jamie Hamill's penalty. Uh, no, no, because that finished the back of the net. 
we'll come back to that in a minute because uh, obviously just when you thought Celtic were going to win the game they uh, went to sleep at the back again and John Sutton was there to tap it in an empty net it was, it was quite good seeing Sutton sliding in at the back post it reminded me of when Celtic beat Rangers 6-2 that was kind of the last action of that game as well oh, oh, I'm going to have to edit that bit out Chris <laughs> I, I thought oh, he was brave going for that because I, he could easily have clattered into the post. Yeah. And I think he had that in his mind when he did that. But I credit to him for, for being brave. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I kind of feel sorry for John Sutton because I think he's a really good striker. But he's got two problems. He gets compared with his brother, who was very successful for Celtic, obviously. And previous to that, he was uh, a, a winner of the English Premiership at uh, Blackburn Rovers as well. Obviously, Alan Shearer. But I think he also suffers for that odd spell at Hearts where nobody picked him. And yes. I can never understand why, because he's he maybe he just didn't fit at Hearts because when he's in both spells he's had at Motherwell, he's been a really good striker for them. And as if he stays there, I think he'll continue to be a good striker for them because I do think he's good quality. Uh, one in but, three goals. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a pretty good strike rate for any striker. Yep. So he's, he's like, certainly He's got the goals for Motherwell that they, um, they thought they might miss this season. With uh, did Higden leave, leave at the summer there, or was it the previous season? I can't remember. Now. He left in the summer there, aye. That's somewhere there. Aye, it just seems like it was long ago. But yeah, when he left, you thought they wondered where the goals were going to come from, and well, there we go. John Sutton's been the man to get them. And I, I, I really don't think he gets the praise he deserves. Yeah, aye, he's, he's done really well. They, they mentioned how many goals he scored. This season, and he also made, he, they mentioned in sports scene that he'd scored more goals than Chris Boyd, which I, I find hard to believe. Which is right because the top scorer chart has got Chris Commons in 23, John Sutton in 21, and Chris Boyd in 19, alongside Stevie May. So See, I, I couldn't have told I mean, you that before the before sports scene. There, I couldn't have told no, you. No, the last I'd seen it was Commons and Boyd were the top two. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure we're going to discuss it later, but uh, we'll talk about the the Player of the Year awards. And who's been nominated for that? So, yep. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that because we've got other games to talk about. Because right, we'll talk we'll... about exciting games. Yeah. St. Johnson, Dundee United. Yeah, and uh, Scottish Cup final rehearsal, and uh, it didn't exactly go as you would expect that because I think most people have tapped Dundee United to go on and lift the cup. But uh, well, many did that at the semi-final for uh, Aberdeen, St. Johnson, and St. Johnson showed exactly. what they've got, and Stevie May uh, scored. And I think that it would have been it would have been brilliant if he'd scored the lob. I thought mm-hmm. the sports scene highlighted it when he, he looked up and done a brilliant ball. One of those that, as a player, me I, I don't I don't see passes like that because I'm too busy trying to keep the bouncing ball under control as it bounces away from me, make sure nobody tackles me. But I thought that was brilliant and the pace of him to get into that situation to get the lob. It's just a shame it went over. Yeah. I think the, the the interesting thing about this game is it wasn't just St. Johnson beat Dundee United, it was St. Johnson convincingly won the game. At no point did Dundee United really threaten the St. Johnson goal. Not that I've seen the highlights anyway. So, I, would, I mean, St. Johnson have won that game deservedly and that, that's got to be a mental boost for them going into the cup final. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, it's going to be an interesting one. I don't know if nerves are going to come into it or not with Dundee United in recent memory winning the cup and St Johnson obviously never reached the final but I don't know don't know yeah. they could be buoyed after that 2-0 victory and as you say they outplayed them outsmarted them I think that in the highlights the only United 
incident I can really remember that stuck out was Mackay Stevens' bit of skill yeah. at the, on the line. He's a wonderful bit of skill, and then he managed to cut it back as well. And as uh, Nevin pointed out, that he's not just he's not just greedy for the sake of it. There is an end product. But other than that, there was nothing really. Yeah, I think well, yeah, I know what you're saying about Dun United having been in a cup final recently, but there's just nobody that played in 2010 final against Ross County that's even at Dun United anymore. I mean, I've just had a look at the the team lineup from that that cup final. You had Pernis and Goal, Dylan Webster, Gary Kenneth, Kovacevic, Conway, Swanson, Prince Bobbin, Gomez, John Daly, and David Goodwillie. Gomez then's the only one, but he's featuring yeah. more as a sub nowadays. Yeah. In his ah, he's on the bench. Spell. He was, on, he was yep. on the bench there, so that's that. You've got one. He's the yeah. only guy that was in that cup final. So the United team's very young. I think it's probably a key point. Whereas, I mean, I'm, I know St. Johnson have obviously, this is a first ever cup final, but I mean, the, the, United don't have an old head like Dave McKay, for instance. Mm-hmm. And you're, looking at, you're looking to McKay Stephen, who's been one of the more experienced players in the team, and he's still a kid, really. So I'll be, I'll be interested to see how that goes. I mean, obviously made, no fear given what we've seen in the, the highlights. <laughs> You'll try yeah. anything, so... It's good uh, to look forward to a final where it's, it is open. Yeah, As you say, uh, Dundee United would have been favourite uh, Yeah, that this, game there. And this game was just reminded us. Yeah, I, I would agree. That, this game's certainly going to open it up. And I think we'll be interested to see what happens next month in that final. Uh, I've still not spoke to my mate about tickets. I'm still, un, I'm still unsure. I might head along. But as you say, it'd make me a glory hunter. Ah, I'd just go for it. It'd be nice to go to a decent stadium for a change. Oh, I'm getting all the digs in the night. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I, I never thought I was going to Celtic Park. Oh, what? I'll need, I'll need to speak to my mate about a boycott. The, I think that's, that's the end thing nowadays, Chris. Ah, yeah, it's Go a, hungry. That's it. Go hungry, go thirsty. Just in the yeah, I, 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 would, I would actually recommend it. The, the, the pies at Parkhead. So. There we go. Oh, <laughs> I'm all for a pie. Uh, I, 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 I quite like the, the. There's a good pepperiness. Pepperiness? Is this a word? I'll there's a good there's a good level of pepper in the in the pies, just that I quite like it. So just to, just enough spice to it. That's the kind of thing that would I'd be excited about if I went to Celtic Park to try the pies, to see see what they've got, to see if they do something different. Like Ibrox has got the fan pie. Now there's no many teams are gonna have a fan pie. We've got the chicken balty pie. Oh no, a grumpy old man told me he told me that it wasn't very good. Well, I see my wife gets that and she quite likes it. Does she? Oh, well, each their own, I suppose. I'm Aye. more of a traditional Scottish pie person myself. Like a steak pie. What about, do you do bear pakora? <laughs> I don't think we do any pakora, not that I've seen. There's usual chips and pizza and ridiculous long hot dogs. I don't, I don't think I don't, you I do pizza at Ibrox. Ah, I see, there you go. You can try a bit of pizza. Aye. Right, we'll move on. Most exciting game, I think, is the Hearts, Ross County, for the talking points. Aye, let's so let's talk about the Hearts of Scotland. Uh, right, one good right. talk. Well, I was going to say before, before we say anything else, Hearts won this two 0 What were they thinking? Clearly, they should have thrown this game if they want to bring Hibs with them. Aye. I mean, Aye, I mean if you look at if you look at the league table now, you've got Hibs on thirty four, St Mirren on thirty four, Kilmarnock on thirty three, and Partick Thistle on thirty three. Had Ross County won, they'd also be in thirty four, but they didn't. They're on thirty one, so they're, they're three points behind Hibs. See, Hearts should have tossed it. Aye, Wasted I, opportunity here. That could have made Edmund Darby this weekend come in really interesting. It would have been a good wee dig. Aye, but however. 
Right, so positives, McCarty's penalty when he was taken down. Now, the positive there, I thought, was the fact that he got up and tried to play on. Yes. You don't often see that. You rarely, if ever, see that in the, the top tiers, the big teams. So I thought that was pretty good because normally, the, well, you know what it's like, you go down at the, the merest touch and you go down in agony and screaming in pain, but he actually got up. He, that was, that's more the type of thing that happens in a, a seven-a-side game. There's a bit Aye. of honesty there. Yes, I was brought down, but I want to get up because I want to get a chance to score or pa- to pass to my teammate to score. So I thought that was good. And then Hamill's penalty as well. Yep, good penalty. Top of the net, perfect. And then that's really where the positive, positivity yeah. ends because, well, we all know what happened. They ran off with the ball in a yep. celebration, which is an offence. It's in the laws of the game. You're not allowed to delay the, the restart of a game, which is what he did. And then he ran off, is it Songu? Tried to run after him, had a wee bit of yep. words, and then Hamill. He was, he was acting a wee bit of a dick the way he threw it away. But <laughs> footballers do that. And Songu gave him a push, which he got booked for. Yep. And then Hamill ran off. And I'm not really sure what Derek Adams had done. I'm not sure if he said anything or not, because he just looked like the innocent party just standing there trying to get his team ready for the restart. And then that barged over... And then his reaction was brilliant as well because there wasn't even a split second where he was trying to get up and start a fight. He just was a bit like, what's, what's happened here? And then just, he was more focused on getting himself back on his feet. I had no interest in Hamill, no interest in the kerfuffle around him. It was, it was a bit of a strange reaction from him. He, well, I think Derek Adams would all expect him to, to get up and want to start a wee bit of a scuffle with his history anyway. Bye, <laughs> I moan about it, huh? Yes, aye, but aye. Well, the yellow card for running off of the ball. Yeah. Uh, I presume that that he, he got booked for that. It's an offence. Yeah, an I'm, I'm assuming so. I'm, I'm assuming that that combined with Songu trying to get the ball off him and the scuffle that occurred out of that was why he got booked. Now, that if that's the case, then that means Willie Collum didn't deal with the Derek Adams collision. So there's a good chance the SFA might throw the book at Hamill for that. Sports scene last night were trying to claim that maybe because the Willie Collum is deemed to have dealt with the situation, the SFA can't really do anything about it. But if Willie Collum's dealt with that situation, he's only given a yellow card for two, maybe three incidents that are all bookable at least. And to be fair, I would I would I would suggest that the, the barge on the Derek Adams is a straight red card. So for me, Willie Collum hasn't dealt with that situation at all. So there is the opportunity to deal with it. Yep, I don't, I don't think that he's dealt with it. Uh, yeah, I can, I can only think that it's a yellow card for delaying the restart of play. Yeah, the fact Songu get booked at exactly the same time suggests that that's the, the bookings were for that, and it's a usual reaction that you two are at it or book you both. Yes, the school yeah. teacher approach, which is apt for what I call him, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, I just hope that he is hammered for that because there's no place for that there's no place no. for t- taking out uh, an innocent an innocent manager there there's no place for that at all he's he was just acting a bit of an idiot a bit of an idiot doing that and I think he'll know it as well there's no need for it there was an interesting point I seen on Twitter I'm fairly sure it was Scott from the football net he suggested maybe that Derek Adams was outside his technical area no, I, d- I didn't really see that in the replay but if, if that's possible then is there any recourse for Derek Adams in this why was he out of the technical area in the first place, if, he, if that's the case? Oh, I, I can't remember. I can't remember that. I was more focusing on the, 
the actual incident of him barging and whether there was eye contact or whatever. I wasn't really looking at his Derek Adams' positioning. No, I can't, can't think. I don't know what the rules say about that. don't know if that's a, a sending off or a booking straight away. It's not something I've, I've really looked into, the, where the manager stands anyway. Yeah, I mean, regardless of that, I don't think that excuses what Jamie Hamill did to him. Yes. The, 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 the weird thing about the, the Hamill incident is the Hamill just seemed to keep running. It's almost, there's almost that look as if he didn't see Derek Adams in front of him and he just kept going. So, did he mean to barge him? <laughs> is that even possible? Is he that blind? <laughs> it's <laughs> as if you can't see the guy in front of you. Yeah. I maybe just thought it was a wee bonus. Oh, it looks maybe. like I'm going to run into him. I'll just keep going. Maybe his mind was elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, but I'm sure he'll get hammered for that. I, w- I would think so. Yeah. yeah. And then, other than that, Carrick's goal celebration, which is which looks sore. I don't know if you've seen it, the, the Superman. Yeah. How, uh, how does I, that not hurt? I have no idea. I, I, I'll hurt if I know a fall's coming, let alone if I, if I can try and guard myself for hurting myself or whatever. it just looks like he's intentional to hurt himself on the ground <laughs> yep ah yes one of those like the, the cleansman as well I very very rarely did that and if I did I more kneeled down and pushed myself from a kneeling yeah. position because see if you do a proper cleansman that hurts when you yeah. land you're almost winding yourself yeah yeah. you can get the cleansman right if you get the angle right but it's very easy to get wrong <laughs> ah yes I'm not into these celebrations where you can hurt yourself no, I, I, I'll stick to the simple things like Larson's tongue or the, the Bebeto baby rocking, which I did at the start of the year. That's <laughs> the first time I scored after my wee boy had been born. <laughs> or the Alan Shearer one hand in the air. Yeah, that's, that's better. Aye. That's my kind of celebration. <laughs> aye, the, the rules say that it's permissible for a player to demonstrate his joy when a goal has been scored. The celebration must not be excessive. So you you got to just say yes. No more than yes. Well, <laughs> how how excessive is excessive? Because I would suggest any time Effie Ambrose scores and does about six backflips, that's probably excessive. That is excessive. <laughs> but I don't think he's been booked for that yet. Uh, I, 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 I should admit, I did try the Robbie Keane summer or cartwheel once. <laughs> did that, you? That, that wasn't good. No, I can't cartwheel. <laughs> is that not what uh, Gavin Gunning does? When he does the wee forward roll. Yeah, Gavin Gunning celebrations, I can totally do. That, that, that's my kind of forward roll celebration. <laughs> he looks like a guy who knows he can't do cartwheels in summer so I can't so do forward roll. I, I must have been neck. a while since I've done a forward roll. No, I'm more likely to do a sausage roll these days. You're getting to that age, Chris. No. Right, moving on then. Yep. Uh, St Mirren against Hibs let's, let's laugh at Hibs yep. let's laugh at Hibs 13 seconds that's how long it took St Mirren to open the score in this game that's uh, 0.8 seconds slower than Chris Coleman's fastest SPL goal last season did you so, see Stephen I, I, Thompson how he, how he nodded it down how he jumped for it and then seemed to header it as he landed on the ground <laughs> yeah. that's how you win a ball in there <laughs> just as you're coming down yeah. aye I, I, there was a suggestion here that, that is this actually the fastest goal in the Premiership ever? Because this is the only season that we've had the Premiership. Do we reset the counter again? Oh, I, oh, I don't know. I don't know Boyd would disagree there because we all know that he's the best striker that the, well, the top tiers ever actually, 
No, this is the point I was going to make because Chris Boyd is a good example because Chris Boyd has passed Henrik Larson's goal tally twice because of that. <laughs> because he passed him as an SPL scorer because you couldn't count Henrik Larson's first season and then he passed him again, I think, earlier this season as a top flight top scorer. <laughs> so, obviously, they did count top flight goals before 1998, but it does raise the question as to do we, do we reset the counting again? In which case, that's a Mirren opening goal as the fastest goal in the Premiership. Yeah, we've mentioned this before in the podcast that it's difficult to really track down because the goal gets marked down as one minute. In the history yeah. books, you really need to find a, a detailed report. You need to find where the goal is worthy of mentioning that it was after 13 seconds. Yeah. I thought, usually somebody times these things. Uh, I think most Hearts fans had it timed anyway. <laughs> They've been having a good laugh because Hibs, as we've said for weeks now, are rubbish. Yeah. Right, how do you get, you go into this game with a game plan and after 13 seconds it's out the window. That's yep. <laughs> tough. Uh, Jim Goodwin got sent off. Surprise, surprise. But I think in this instance, I think that he was hard done by. Well, I think the, the referee's view, he looked like he was going in with murder in mind. But I think that after seeing the replays, I don't think I agree with the red card at all. I don't think that... I, I can't see anything in the rules, to me, that says it's a sending off. I so thought... I, my, my problem was he seemed to tackle a guy that had already been fouled. The whistle seemed to have went, yep. Uh, so why was he lunging into the attack when I get it already been filmed? Well, I think, that. I, I can I can see why they've appealed it, and the appeal has gone in. And I know Stephen Thompson was talking about how he thought it would be appealed in sports scene last night, but I, I can kind of see a reason this might get thrown out because I think you could have an argument with a red card here, and not just because it's Jim Goodwin and everyone's got out to get him, obviously. But uh, well, no, I, I I can understand it. I think he would have been sent off for serious foul play, which is uh, where the, when the player uses excessive force or brutality when challenging for the ball, when he endangers the safety of an opponent, when he lunges in uh, from the front, from the side or from behind, using one or both legs with excessive force and endangering the safety of an opponent. I just don't think that... I don't think he endangered the safety of the opponent. I think the, the challenge... He seemed to make the challenge, the challenge started at the player and it continued on beyond him. I don't think he was out of control. I don't think that there was a danger of him being seriously hurt. Uh, I think the fact that he missed with uh, the leading leg isn't really something we should be focused on because the rules, uh, for example, if you were to swing a punch at somebody, it doesn't matter if you connect or you miss. That's still ascending yeah, off. Still swung a punch. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I don't think we should focus on that too much. But I just don't think that there was much chance of an injury because he seemed to start almost at the player and continue past him rather than leaping off the ground, for example, uh, steaming in. So I don't know. I think that I wouldn't have given a red card for it, and I think he'll win a, an appeal. But I can see what you're saying that there's there is the opportunity there for a, a red card the way he went in. And it was a little bit strange that he went in after the whistle had went. It, it was just it was the odd thing of going in after the whistle had went. It kind of put me into mind that maybe that's why it's been given as a, a sending off. But I guess we'll find out because they're appealing it and there's that chance to maybe rescind up. Maybe they won't. I suppose we'll see in the coming days. Yep. But aye, that's Hibs beaten again and it's a terrible time to get beaten with the, the Edinburgh Derby coming up because yeah. I think Hearts are going to be going into this Probably favourites for me, although the bookies disagree strongly. I think Hearts are about seven to two. Yeah, it's, it's, it's odds it's on. Bizarre. 
Yes. I know the game's at Easter Road, but even then, Hibs are in a terrible run of form where Hearts are actually picking up some points now. I mean, that's yeah. Hearts. Hearts are now 15 points behind Ross County, so fun enough, if, if they hadn't been in administration all season, they'd be, be level with them. So I, I think that's maybe Hearts' aim for the rest of the season is to try and finish within the 15 points they had deducted. Mm-hmm. So they've at least got some sort of claim. But yeah, I mean, Ross County are 31, up to Hibs and 34. There's, there's a there's definitely a tight uh, playoff battle there now, and if, if Hearts can do some, do some damage to Hibs in that, then I'm sure most of the Hearts fans will be delighted by that. Well, Hibs haven't scored in the last four games. They've lost their last five, and they've conceded at least two goals in the last five. Everything points to a Hearts win there. Yeah. But for some reason, the bookies disagree. I think, I think I'll be putting money on it, on a Hearts win for that one. I already did, so we'll find it won't be a Hearts win I've put money on it. That's <laughs> as usual happens. Yeah. The, the only thing I can think of that make me think Hibs could win that game is for the emotional connection of the game. Hibs, Hibs should be up for an Edinburgh derby, but then they should have been up for the last one to get beat. So. Yeah, although they did win the one the, the New Year yeah. derby. Aye. Aye, which was just, I think that's pretty much the, was it that one of only two wins or something this year they've had. Oh, it's a so terrible it's, record. Calendar year, I should say. Uh, they're, they're, they're definitely the worst team in the league based on form. Just woeful. Right, we'll move on to the any other games that you want yeah, to mention. Yeah, Kilmarnock Thistle. We should probably give that a mention because Thistle's 2 1 1 away at Kilmarnock. Decent result. It was, I made a wee claim for goal line technology as well with the ball bouncing on the line twice. And yeah, it was. The commentator seemed a bit unsure whether it was over or not, but I think it looked pretty clear to me that it wasn't over. Although I yeah. found it funny between Nevin and Thompson. They both seem to disagree. Nevin was like, ah, it's quite clear, it's not over the line. Thompson's like, ah, it's over the line. Oh, no, it's not, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think it was. Not from what I've seen. But at this point in the season, every win is precious, so... I think that's, well, what we've said, they're still involved in the playoffs, but Thistle are now above Ross County, so they're out of that position. And if they're still there in four games' time, then they'll be delighted. Yep, yep. Aye, it's tight. It's it's definitely interesting down there, yet the TV companies seem to have shunned it. Other than BT Sport, I think they've left a slot open in the final day. Yeah, I mean, if it's going to be this tight in the final day, BT Sport are going to be delighted. They'll just pick, a, pick any of the games, to be honest. Yep. And it'll be, it'll be good to watch. Obviously, we'll get Aberdeen Motherwell at the end of the season, the, the, the Sunday as well. So that's looking like it could be quite good. I think that's. I think there's only, there is only one. A uh, oh, sorry, the Edinburgh Derby. I forgot about that. Yeah, the Edinburgh Derby plus the final day this season. Yeah, it's a shame they're focusing too much on the top flight because I don't really care about St Johnson versus Celtic, and I'm a Celtic fan, so that's saying a lot. I I know what you're, I know what you're saying. There's not. Not too much to play for, for for either side there because St Johnson, I think that they're out of the, the top three anyway. Yeah, uh, well, St Johnson's best chance to get into Europe now is going to be winning the cup. Yep. And we've done United sitting in fourth. The, cup, the cup's going to go to one of them. Aberdeen and Motherwell are going to take the other two places. So there's not much to play for in the top six anymore. But uh, TV companies uh, just pick, pick the ratings winner rather than what's going to be a good game. I yeah, job. you can't really criticise them for that if they're going to pick who's going to watch games and see if they're going to be on the box all the time, aren't they? Exactly, we're sheep. We're sheep and we just follow 
Celtic, we follow Rangers when it comes uh, to the games. Speak for yourself, I'm not a sheep. I like to watch other games. I sat and watched those two hours worth of Aberdeen and Inverness and I've got you all do. the way to the full-time whistle and wish I hadn't bothered. But sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, you're in the minority, definitely. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> right, you want to move on and we'll discuss the, the PFA awards. I'll say yep. awards, but they've got the nominations. Right, we'll start at the top tier. And yep. Celtic, yeah. I think Neil Lennon's got his wish because Celtic are, are running the show up there. They've got Commons, Foster, is it Van Dyke? And Chris Boyd? Yes. It's hard to argue, I think. Well, nobody did point out earlier that John Sutton's got more goals than Chris Boyd. Yes. So if if Chris Boyd's in there for goal scoring, why isn't John Sutton? Chris Commons is in there because he's a top scorer. Well, that makes sense. He's been getting goals for a guy that doesn't play as an out-and-out striker. So much better. Uh, Van Dyke's been in there because he's defensive uh, abilities. Fair enough, I'm not going to argue that as well. Fraser Foster's in there because he set his new the, the, the clean sheet record. Yes, I think so, Van Dyke's a bit, he's a bit more than just a defender as well. Ah, he's, he's, a, he's a kind of defender that gets you off your seat when he goes. See, when he goes in a wee run, you yeah. just know something's going to happen. Uh, so, aye, I think I think everybody there deserves a place. I think Boyd, I think there is an argument for maybe including Sutton. I would have included Boyd because I think that he's so important to Kilmarnock. And I know that this isn't an award for importance to your team, but I think Boyd deserves to be there because without him, Kilmarnock, I think, would be gone this season. I think they, yeah. they would be in the, the second bottom spot. If I was to choose a winner, I don't know. I don't know. See, I've talked at length about how I don't think Foster deserves all the recognition for that clean yeah. sheet run. So Again, think, Van Dyke's in there because of that as well, you would say? Yep, yep. Yeah. I think I'll go with Commons. I think that he's just been, he's he's got well top scorer in the league. I th- I think he's been the most important player for Celtic this season. Yeah, so uh, I think I'll go for comments. As as far as Celtic seasons go, Celtic season goes, it, the cups weren't great at all, other than beating Hearts seven 0 Europe was at least we got into the Champions League. That was kind of mm-hmm. where where that stops. That doesn't really apply to the Scottish uh, awards anyway. So you're going to be looking at what did Celtic do in the league? Well, Chris Commons won us lots of games by being first goal scorer a lot. And, and as a guy that doesn't play as an out-and-out striker, that's a, that's a good return for him. So I, I I would think it would be hard to disagree with giving that award to Chris Commons. Yep. yep. It's worth remembering that these awards are voted for by the players as well. Yeah. Although we shouldn't take that too far because I've seen a, a journalist on Twitter suggested that nobody's allowed to complain about the, the nominations because they're not a player. No, which I think is bizarre. I think everyone's entitled to an opinion. That's for saying you can't complain about the sports writers one because you don't write about sport. Ah, yes. Well, everybody's allowed an opinion. Yep. But, yep. I mean, th- this season, I, I, I think the last season there was a few disappointments about who was nominated. But this season, I think, it's not so much who's been nominated, it's the fact there's only four people, so they've picked four of the best. You're arguing about who could have been in there as well, as opposed to who should have been in there as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, down uh, the lower leagues, we've got Kim Hennett, Kane Hemmings, Rory Loy, both ex-Rangers. Kane yep. Hemmings, I don't know how he's managed to turn into a footballer. He wasn't a footballer when I seen him. <laughs> uh, Peter McDonald, Dundee yep. and Hamilton midfielder Anthony Andrew. I guess yeah, it's well, pronounced Andrew. 
Again, three of them are the top scorers in the in the championship. The only yeah. like, the wise top scorer, Hemmings is second. McNulty of Livingston's third. He's obviously done well since he left a while. Uh, and McDonald is fourth. So, uh, so as uh, having not seen them play, I can't really comment. No. On, on those uh, in the, in League One, there's Michael Moffat. We've had him in the charity bet a few times. Yep. Again, the top scorer in the division. Yep. Yep. Then we've got Rangers. Trio, John Daly, Nicky Law and Lee Wallace. Now, if I was to pick out of the Rangers trio, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say out of the, the four of them because Michael Moffat, I've not seen enough of him, despite obviously his goal record standing out. But I think Lee Wallace is more deserving of John Daly or Nicky Law for that. John Daly's obviously scored quite a lot of goals, but I just don't like him. He's immobile. He do, he, he, honestly, he's, he's out for a Sunday jog when we're on a break. He's not as good as he was in the air when, when he was at Dundee United. He's not as much of a magnet. And just, I'm not a big fan of his Lee Wallace, I think, makes a massive difference. He's a, he's a full-back slash winger and often ends up in the box at the end of a run in the 89th minute. He's got the engine, he can do that all day long. He, he runs up and when he ends up near box and the keeper gets the ball, he just, he just casually... Sprints back. There's it's like John Daly, but he's actually running. He's just I'd give it to Lee Wallace if I was to put choose out the Rangers three. Uh, Nicky Law, not so much. John Daly, I've said I don't really like him, but Michael Moffat, I can't really say enough about him because I've not really seen enough, so it would be unfair to pick. And then in League Two, Rory McAllister, I think we should give it to him. Thirty goals. Just I, I think the, we should just charity just a charity bit. Yeah. <laughs> 30 goals for, as a terrific return. He's the top scorer in Scotland in the league. Because yeah. like, Moffat's 25, and then you've got Commons in 23, and then you've got Rory Loy in 20. So, yeah. Aye, the, other, the others in the league two are Andy Rogers, Lee Curry, and Kenny Mackay. But aye, I think McAllister for the, the charity bet and aye. stats stats speak for themselves. I would think so. He's the top scorer for the the, the team that have won the league, so uh, I'm not going to go against that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting that it's, it's picked uh, by the players and, well, John Daly, for example, I'm saying how terrible he's been at points this season and yet the opponents are voting him as possibly the, the toughest player that they've played against all season, so mm-hmm. maybe, that, maybe that speaks volumes. Maybe it's me that's wrong. Well, it must be doing something, mate. Yep. yep. Same with Nicky Law. But yeah, must be doing something. Right, so we want to move on to the Premiership predictions. Yep. Friday John's night. laptop must still be <laughs> still be putting up. I know, he actually sent a message. <laughs> it's still restarting. It's <laughs> the Wait longest restart in history. I've just spotted he's on Skype. Well, we had him in for the predictions. Ah, we could just come around eat each other. It was a few weeks ago. <laughs> right, the first game up is Friday and that's Partick Thistle against St Mirren and it's live on BBC Alba Hey, that'll be good to watch, enjoy that That's officially console telly nowadays Yes, it is, because everybody's digital now So I, BBC Alba's console telly Yep Right Still done my hoverboard though So, well, there was something on the BBC's website about the hoverboards Ah, I've got a year to get them out, come on. <laughs> 2015, right. I don't honestly think all the rage The last last game between the two sides was at uh, St. Park and it was 0-0, a Paul band back in January. 
I don't think it'll be a Paul Bandas thing. I don't think so because Partick Thistle have had there's been over two and a half goals in their last four home games. St Mirren, there's been over two and a half goals in six of their last seven away games. So there's going to be goals in this. Goals galore. So I'm going to go for two apiece. Yep, this is all I'm going for as well. So that was Friday night, and then we've got Saturday, Aberdeen against St Johnson. Aberdeen obviously looking for revenge after the Scottish Cup semi-final. But then St Johnson are a wee bit tempting after the defeat of United, their 2-0 defeat. I'm unsure about this because Aberdeen are undefeated in their last eight home games. In fact, it might even be their last eight all-in. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Aberdeen don't seem to be scoring much. Uh, if they do win, they seem to be winning by one goal. So, I'm going to go 1-0 Aberdeen. Yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> It's John. He's in the John's appeared. Oh, dear, man. <laughs> like you kind of get worse timing man like all set up laptop worked fine last week used the boys laptop again tonight just before the podcast was due to start system update required and it wasn't even one you could delay so uh, yeah. right well we're doing the predictions John ah, yeah, I figured Patrick that, Thistle right. against St Mirren Friday night what do you think we both went to a piece Patrick Thistle and St Mirren um, I'll go forward one all. One all. Well, he's not been listening to my stats there, Chris. He's ignoring oh, the stats. Start? It's over two and a half goals, quite a lot in the, the part of the home games and St. Mirren games. So. Aye, St. Mirren away, aye. So we've both went for two each. Is that the bet then for last week? Well, we've not decided that, but we'll, we'll oh, see well, that. That could be a possibility, Chris. Aye, that could be. Right, and then the next game is Aberdeen St. Johnson. I went 1 0 Aberdeen. I went 1 each. Aye, 1 0 Aberdeen. Next game up is Dundee United against Motherwell. The last time they met it was 3-1 to Dundee United. That was at Tanadice as well. Hmm. I think I'm going to go for a Motherwell victory here. You know, mm-hmm. I think it impressed me the way Motherwell came back after Celtic went ahead at the end. I think they showed a lot of character and I think that's going to continue on. I think they're going to be confident. Dundee United going to be a wee bit knocked by the St. Johnson game, so I'm going to go for 1-2. I'm just saying I'm copying you now and I'm thinking exactly the same thing again uh, I think I think Dundee United's confidence isn't great at the moment whereas Motherwell's is pretty good so yes I would say 2-1 I don't think Motherwell are going to keep a clean sheet but I think they'll win the game yeah, I'll go for 2 all. 2 all piece. right then we've got Ross County against Kilmarnock last time they met it was 2 apiece that was at Rugby Park. I don't know. I don't know. I think this this is tough to call. I think they both are going to be very nervy about the playoffs, Ross County especially. Something in me thinks it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think I'm going to go all out. I'm going to go for a 3-2 victory to Kilmarnock. Aye, I'm kind of thinking Kilmarnock will win as well. Because I, I just don't think Ross County are picking up the points, which is odd because I thought a few weeks ago they might just have a, something about them that they would get away from that playoff spot. But the last couple of weeks they've been a bit poor. So I don't think it was quite high scoring as you're suggesting, but maybe 2 0 come on. Look. I, I can't see many goals in this game, I don't think. In terms of, no, I can't see it. I think maybe a wee sneaky wee 1 0 to Kilmarnock. 1 0 to Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock's. 
conceded at least two goals in six of their last seven games. Oh, aye, aye. Share that one after I've made my prediction, aye. <laughs> <laughs> aye. Hey, where, was, where was that start, eh? <laughs> typical, typical withholding information. Well, there's been over you know, two I'm... and a half goals in nine of Kamarnock's last 11 away games. Right. Have you swallowed a start book this week? Yeah, hasn't it? <laughs> After messaging you earlier saying that I've not got enough time and I probably won't even watch the highlights, I actually had about an hour to start looking at stats and so on to see, to put some effort in our predictions because I'm getting embarrassed in the Predictor League and the forum. Chris is threatening me, John. He's a whole uh, point behind you now. Yeah. That's, that's how embarrassing it is. I'm, I'm not going to catch if I keep copying your predictions though. Aye, aye. Right then, on Sunday we've got a 12.45 kickoff for the Edinburgh Derby on BT1. And as we mentioned, the bookies have had a wee drink over the bank holiday weekend and they've got the odds the wrong way around. They've got Hearts at close to 3-1 to or maybe even a wee bit larger than 3-1. to One bookie I've seen and Hibs evens or better or worse. Would, would, would it be better or worse if they were odds on compared to evens? Uh, they... Depends which way you look at it. Aye, Aye. for them, better. <laughs> for Just the, different. For the we'll we'll say it's different. I, I think I'm looking at that too much. Right, the stats, stats wise, it's got to be an away victory. Stats wise, Hibs are shite. <laughs> <laughs> they've not scored in the last Sums four up, games. Pretty much. They've lost the last five. They've been losing at half time and full time in the last five games. What in the league? Where, where is it? Where's all these? Is this from whoscored.com or is it somewhere else? I, didn't game, didn't give it away, John. Make it as if I've actually done some work. Here right, okay. to find out the stats. Aye. So, so it's, I think it's going to be an away victory. And that's where my money, my personal money is going to go. My cash money is going on hearts. And I'm going to go 1-3. Ouch. I'm not that confident. I'm going to say 2-1 to Ian Budgie's Maroon Army. Aye, I think 2-1 to hearts and all. I think Laurie will have his bloody mortgage on this game. Perhaps eight to one. Poof. You'll be all over that like a no, I better not say that. Right, you'll be all over it. <laughs> and then we've got Celtic against Inverness, which hmm I don't know, it doesn't really fill me with too much excitement. <sighs> it's just three o'clock on a Sunday and now what Edinburgh Derby's a lunchtime kick. I'm gonna miss watching the Edinburgh Derby then. Oh see that schedule. Why are we playing on Sunday anyway? Oh, because Rangers are at home on Saturday. Rangers are at lunchtime. Could they play both days in the one day? Oh, aye, aye. But but don't don't forget it's uh, the trophy celebrations, Chris. Oh, this I is... see. Be hanging about and you need extra steward, to make sure you don't invade the pitch and all that and let oh, you get photos th- taken with the, 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 the third tier trophy. It'll be crazy time. I've, as I mentioned before, I've still got my flag for last year, so I'm hoping <laughs> to get another flag to, to rack it up. Do you think that's why I go back to tell you what division it is you've won? Or is it just going to say Champions? Again. The la- no, the last one said, uh, said the division until it was defaced by an angry Celtic fan. <laughs> Turned into the Mickey Mouse League. Well, if, if, if the fourth tier is the Mickey Mouse League, what's this one? Well, I don't know, I don't know. But I do, I do like the thought of just making it Champions. The Donald Duck League? Champions. No, because and... Mickey Mouse is better than Donald Duck. Oh, it depends which way you look at it. I don't know, man. DuckTales is pretty good. Uh, I quite like DuckTales, but I'm thinking Disney Aye. ranking. As, as far as Disney ranking goes, Mickey Mouse is kind of top. Aye, well. So there must be something above Mickey Mouse that's outside Disney. I think it's Aye. usually Minnie that's above Mickey Mouse. 
Way. Så du vet bara se på så. Det var en over goes on a Mickey Copus thanks very much. Mickey's Copus after the was. Ah you've been watching some funny videos online John. That's why you need to do updates on your laptop. Oh well, that's your son's laptop. Oh, I will be watching. Aye, I'll be checking into that history. It's probably more interesting than mine. Who knew? Who knew Steamboat while I was a disease? Anyway, <laughs> right. Last time Celtic faced Inverness, it was five 0 Aye, don't see that again. No, I don't think so. I'm going to go for two 0 Celtic. Ah, we're in cruise control. I'm going to say two one Celtic. Aye, well. Since the cup final, Inverness have won only one game out of the last seven. Not that they won the cup final, obviously, but just since the cup final. Um, and actually, even going further back than that, about one, one in about the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eleven. So, points all towards a Celtic win, doesn't it? It does. So, I will go for 3 0 to Celtic. Right, 3 0. Right, that's has done for the predictions, the Premiership. Right, here's uh, a well suggestion for the charity bit. Hearts. Just hearts. Oh, just hearts? No. Well, three to one. That'd be fine. Just that. I'd do nicely. Yeah. No. That's a thought. So if it's three to one, a tenner of that's 30 quid. How about we go a wee bit further? And how about we do half-time and full-time? Oh, Greg doesn't like us getting greedy, I know that. Uh, Craig's not on the podcast though, so. <laughs> right, McBookie's got hearts at 10 to 3. Just for a win? Just for a bog standard win. Aye, I think that's. I, I do think. I think a nice wee single and that would be fine. Oh, right. See, I, so? I, reckon, I reckon hearts and something else that's just a uh, race rovers or something. They're 13 to 2. Half-time, full-time. Half-time, full-time. Mm, I'm, I'm never keen on half-time, full-time because I've seen too many games that are now in half-time and then somebody wins it in the second half. Yep. Was there anything else that stood out at all with predictions? I don't think there was, was there? Well, Celtic. Apart from Celtic, but... Uh, over Celtic's two and a half goals in the Partick Thistle-St Mirren game or the Dundee United-Motherwell game. I think the Partick Thistle-St Mirren game Screams out over two and a half goals in the stats I was looking at. But that's a Friday so night. The odds on. Just check just now. Looking through the lower leagues, I'm not really seeing any games that jump out at me. And an athletic away to Montrose is about the only thing worth looking at. It was just Dundee that let us down last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. They're, they're away to Allah this week, so there's a good chance that would be a Dundee one. Over two and a half goals in the Partick Thistle against St Mirren game is 21 to 20. Mm. But John didn't nah. go for that in the prediction. Nah. It's not worth it then, is it? Those odds are pretty good as well. Hibs 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 but then Barry, Barry Smith's the manager Allo, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's still in the eye, but Dundee, Dundee, need, Dundee definitely need to win. Aye. Right, we'll see if we've we done Hearts and Dundee. Yep. That double, we're up at £75.83. I'll do it. Let's go with that. And I might have some of that myself. Right, so the £10 charity bet, courtesy of McBookie. Hearts at 23 and Dundee at 34 
return. Who was the goal scorer bet for this week? Well, I think we should go for McAllister again. Peterhead's at home to Sterling Albion. Yep. He's 11-4. to 4. The first. only problem with that is Sterling Albion are still trying to secure their place in the playoff. They're three points ahead of Berwick Rangers. Sitting fourth. Berwick are fifth. There's two games left, so there's a there's still a battle there to be had. So Sterling might be looking more up for that than Peter Hedder, because Peter Hedder already clinched the title. Mm-hmm. What about... Is there anyone at Queen of the South? Who's their straight main striker? Is it Russell? Is Russell at Queen of the South? Ian Russell. Gavin Riley's also scored 12. And I think because... Riley's been scoring more, more recently, to be honest. Uh, let's see. What else? I'm trying to see what else there is that kind of stand. There's nothing really standing out. Uh, Russell scored first against Dumbarton in the weekend. Hmm. So you think they avoiding McAllister then? Yeah, maybe we should just stick with McAllister. I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm concerned with what Sterling Albion are pushing for at the moment. That's all I think. Right. Queen of South are at home to Livingston. Just in terms of they are pushing for the playoff spot. Yeah. The, the last playoff spot, and they're at home. And you're thinking Ian Russell? Well, Chris is saying there that both Riley and Russell have scored 12. Yep. If you see your, who scored, does that tell you how many times both of them have scored first? No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> Riley hasn't scored first in a while, if at all. I'm trying to find that as Do we want to go back and talk to Moffat at Ayers? Or maybe that's a bit... Are they not playing Rangers? No, uh, they're playing either play Rangers on Tuesday, but Tuesday. they're playing Tuesday. Right. They're playing Strand for the weekend. Right, they never scores first. And Ian Russell rarely scores first, so that's right. not the problem we've got with us. Sack, sack that, especially if he just scored first last weekend. Yeah. If that was a rare one off. But Moffat, what, 25? What? I don't know, Moffat, Maca- maybe McAllister. McAllister's been successful for us quite a few times. Moffat was successful for us a couple of times, wasn't he? Air United are at 4-4. We could go with that. Well, Air United is the other argument now, because they're pushing for the to secure their place in the playoff. Aye. Right, we'll go for that then. Right, Michael Moffat is 4-1 to be first scorer, so we'll get £10 on that. But it's against 4-4, right? Plus also. Against 4-4. Plus also, the woman at my work that supports Air, it's her last day on Saturday at the work, so there's a reason for it to be... Moffat as well. Right, that seems like a good point, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll go with that. Right, so that's uh, the charity bet courtesy McBookie, who's sitting at £312. John? Reach the target. We were hoping for over £300. Yep. What was well, last year's total? Well, uh, I think it was under 300 but McBookie ended up bumping it up. I think they felt sorry for us and sorry for charity, so they bumped it up. Well, if both of these bets come in this weekend, then we'll be going above 400, so that'd be nice. Aye, that would be happy days indeed, and we've still got, well, we'll only have one week left. Uh, of the lower yeah, league ones, aye. Right. Of the lower league ones, unless, with a playoff scout, Mitbuki, kind people. Oh, I need, to have a, I need to have a word with them, I need to get into negotiations. Yep, negotiations are required for that, I think. Aye, it would be good if they were, because if they're not, then we're losing the, the lower league first scorer pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and at least if when it comes to the playoffs, we'll have less games to choose from, which might make it easier. Yeah, could be, could be, or could be more difficult. Who knows? Aye. 
Right, so is there anything else you wanted to mention in the podcast? John, there's probably lots for you because you've missed out. I don't know. I missed everything I've spoken about, so I don't know. Right, player of the year for the out of the four. Foster, Van Dyke, Commons or Boyd? Where does your vote go? Probably Commons, I think. Aye, I think that's three out of three. Um, but that's all I wonder. I could probably. Who, what was the young player? There was three Dundee United boys, and then was it May? Yeah, I think you're right. We don't think we've discussed that. You know, uh, so you've got Robertson, Gold, Armstrong, and May. I would go for May. Yep, I agree. Um, maybe say more Armstrong, but I think Gold's just been here for this first half of the season. Just say aye, Chris. Aye. <laughs> did you get the robot as well, Will? I did, aye. <laughs> oh, did you get the robot? Yep. Oh, you it's probably said something really insightful, but I did didn't as well. hear any of it. I'm just saying that I think Ryan Gold's just been included for the first half of the season. For, cause yeah. since, since pre-holiday. He's not really been as good. Aye, pre-holiday. <laughs> Who knows what went on in that holiday. Aye. Aye, that, that's the problem. They sent him away. It's, it's gone to his head. But I think me. May deserves it for me. Yeah, I would certainly agree. I think Dundee United have been good, but they've been hot and cold when they've throughout the season. So when they've been good, they've been really good, but just not frequently enough. Whereas May's obviously hit goals at the just the right time, which is why they're in the Scottish Cup final. Oh, what? <laughs> that was like a dagger to the heart, Chris. I know. I've been at it all night. You seem to listen back. You, you hear some nasty digs. Oh, I don't. Oh. I don't listen to it when I'm no one. I don't listen to it. If I'm on, I don't listen to it. Well, see, does this count as you being on, or does this count as you not being on? Are you just going to fast forward? It feels like like almost a guest appearance. It's like (laughs) as if I've just come in at light appearance. Aye. Aye, there was lots of things. But I'm going to cut them out, Chris, so don't don't worry about that. You're not going to cut in. The magic button doesn't cut in. What kind of of, of digs were there? Somehow Rangers getting beaten came into it during a Motherwell. Game, I, I yeah, I happened to reference Sutton sliding in at the back post, and this reminded me of what a uh, Celtic beating Rangers game. Oh, see, that's oh, Easter all... Monday. Jesus would not approve. Have we decided who's winning the championship? No, no, because it's too tight to call. Was it 64, 63, 62? I said, between Aye. the three of them. Ah, ask me next week. I may have a better idea then. Aye. In fact, I'll probably still have no idea next, <laughs> next week. Oh, and before we go, I, I wanted to mention the, the horrible picture I've seen of the Ultimate Warrior in a Celtic talk. <laughs> it's, it's insensitive. I wasn't happy about that. It was a cartoon drawing of him. Was it Ultimate Fan or something? Is that what they said? His, his family wouldn't approve. Surely it would be Hooped Warrior. He was never a Celtic that. fan. That's, that's... He was Ultimate one of the good guys. He always wore green. Or pink, maybe. Uh, no, he's never a Celtic fan. But anyway, thanks for coming on, Chris, for the duration, and th- thanks for trying, John. <laughs> yeah, well, I was I dedicated to the cause. <laughs> Even when you've come on, you've not really been on. That's robot. We did the robot. He got it on the end. <laughs> Aye. Right, but thanks, guys, and thanks for listening. Cheers. Hopefully, Cheers. I'll be on for the full podcast next week. Hopefully, no more updates. <laughs> Hey, cheers, cheers, yeah, bye. bye. Cheers.